Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by uh, Josh Sullivan. Hello. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. And Matt Van Milligan. Hi. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. Uh, today, we are obviously um, uh, all attached to a parish community, and uh, most of our faith practice, and our, definitely our sacramental life, happens within the life of a parish community. And uh, it's uh, got us thinking a little bit uh, of reflection because uh, what is a parish community supposed to supposed to do? What is mm-hmm. a parish community community supposed to be? And uh, we're going to weigh in a little bit on this topic because um, if we're going to really look at the reality of the situation uh, that we have in front of us today, remember COVID. Yeah. <laughs> in case you <laughs> forgot, uh, during the period of COVID. Parishes kind of took a hit, right? Yeah. Uh, and by take a hit, I mean uh, you had people. Well, I mean the government had enforced that parishes uh, couldn't be open, um, and uh, so churches were closed for a, a lengthy period of time, which, looking back on, was very unfortunate. And uh, from that, you know, I I still hear to this day whether it's people in uh, involved in their parish, other priests, other ministers. Uh, in parishes across uh, our area, our province, they, you know, you hear that term like, "Well, we're still recovering, recovering from COVID," right? Yeah. And uh, so it gets me thinking a little bit because why are we still in the recovery stage uh, of COVID? Mm-hmm. Because and and have we forgotten the mission of what a parish community is supposed to be? So. I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's in ministry and uh, was describing a situation. He was describing a situation in his parish community and he was likening it to sort of a social club, mm-hmm. right? That downstairs, uh, the hall is full of people for dinners uh, and upstairs, the church is empty for service, uh, you know, a Protestant uh, community I was talking to. And uh, it gets me thinking, this, this is what's wrong, I think, with the mission of a parish, right? Sometimes I think w- we try to be something we're not to attract people. Mm. And I feel, and please disagree if you, if you do, I feel like we have things in the wrong context. We have to fulfill our own mission. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to place God at the center of everything we do. Yeah. And for me, once we do that, everything else falls into place, right? Yeah. And so let's look at the life of a parish. Let's look at what it's supposed to be. Let's look at maybe where are the weaknesses and the strengths and why some people still haven't recovered from COVID. certain challenges that they've had in the past, mm-hmm. right? I, th- I think COVID was an interesting kind of... A, a case study is the wrong word. Um, but you had this idea kind of before before COVID that you, you, a lot of times you would have it um, presented as a critique uh, of, of a church or a parish community. It's like, okay, well, it's it's just a social club. You know, people don't actually believe it. It's like, it's basically a community center. It's something that people can rally around, but it's really horizontally focused. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, um, you know, it's just people who are good at, you know, um, you know, running programs and getting people together that it like it becomes kind of a community 
center. And then that's where you have that situation where, you know, people are just, um, you know, the basement is full for a social event, but when it comes to actual worship, um, you're missing that kind of vertical access. You're missing kind of the mission of the parish is to connect people uh, with the sacraments and, and um, yeah, with, with, with Christ. Um, but I think COVID really opened our eyes to the fact that you know, that community actually matters and that community um, is is important, you know, our, our corporate worship, you know, the mass as kind of the highest prayer of the church, it's not a private thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's a corporate thing. It's a communal thing. Um, so uh, again, when we're talking about what is the mission of the parish, parish um you know it, it really like uh, an, a necessary aspect of this discussion is really like okay yes you do need that horizontal element but ultimately that should be directed to kind of the vertical um should you be know, rooted in worship, that. worship yeah. of god yeah I, I like what you said there because that is something that i uh, come came comes to mind when you're saying well, when you're saying it was was that um halls halls social halls so uh, we have uh, like italian clubs and polish halls and all this yeah. kind of those took a really big hit, especially in Northern Ontario, when COVID hit, because they could no longer have weddings and functions and some of the stuff. And even before that, I was involved with the Knights of Columbus Halls. And there's a lot of Knights of Columbus Halls around, I'm sure. Um, but the hall that we were, I was involved with in Thunder Bay, we, um, we always had a, a struggle with how do we keep the doors open? How do we keep the lights on? How, so we put on this feast once a week, and, and like we put on this uh, Friday buffet. And those are things that we kind of like, idea, spaghetti suppers and stuff, just to keep the doors open. And you constantly were kind of revolving around doing that um, and that and so if your church is just a, a, a social club then you found very quickly during covid that you're struggling to keep the doors open and part of the reason you might be struggling to keep the doors open is because you're not allowed that social aspect of things just like all the other social clubs in the area and so um, we really have to look at that's not necessarily what church is all about there is a different dynamic here and I mean we talk about this with pizza pop church youth groups um, all the time and I've mentioned it before but like if if what you're offering the community is pizza and pop well when the community center down the road offers them pizza pop and chips <laughs> then guess where they're going? You know what I mean? That's where they're going, pizza, pop, and chips. So we have to offer them something that's something completely different than what they might be getting anywhere else. And the Catholic Church has that. We have the true source and summit of our faith. We have mm. the Eucharist. We have our faith. And it's such a rich and awesome... Uh, there's so much richness and and deep, I don't know, um, history, and as well as just like a tradition. And But like our faith... Our hearts can become whole in our faith, in the church. You know, know, I'm thinking, let's just, you know, the parish that, the parish community that we are in, you know, you look at, for a number of years now, we've changed the focus to center first on God in everything we do. Yeah, Yeah. One of the first things we tried to do was to place a more importance, more reverence on the celebration of Mass, more respect towards the Eucharist. Yeah. Like, God is the number one, sorry to say, God is the number one thing we do, Yeah, you know, yeah. so to say. Um, and then everything else after that. And, you know, some people who weren't of that mindset were upset. Yeah. You know, we, we start to eliminate things. We start to eliminate, you know, maybe... Uh, Let's say bingo nights in the hall or something. Yeah, yeah like hall a, rentals or this yeah, or yeah, because yeah. you know it's taking up space for ministry or all yeah, this. Yeah. And, and some people say, "Oh, you know, they, they're upset." And but slowly and surely, 
when you build up faith in people, yeah. and you build up, uh, you orient ourselves to God first. Yeah, all the other things fall into place. Why would you like asking you guys? Yeah, why are some? And it sounds such um, a horrible question to ask, and such a weird question to ask. Why are some parishes focused on other things, other than on on placing first and foremost their focus on God. Okay, I'm going to say a couple things, but um, none of them are going to be necessarily directed at any specific, but if someone felt guilty or felt like I'm stabbing them in the heart, then take that to heart and maybe think maybe this is where you're coming from. One of the way, one of the big things is going to be our pastors. Our pastors have to be focused on that same exact thing, have to be focused on their own uh, spiritual life, prayer time. Like, how many pastors do we know are actually living up to their vows of doing their prayer time daily and everything else? Or taking um, taking time when they're doing their Mass and stuff to do a, a Eucharistic adoration, to do, like, spend time in prayer. That's one of the, like, if you're doing that, then you, a church can't po- point true north if the shepherd at the top or like the pastor at the top isn't pointing truth north himself. It's really hard to do that if the pastor is not pointing true north. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that has to be in right. So if, if that's the person that's there, that pastor has to be. If your pastor is not pointing true north, or if you are a pastor, then you know what you have to do. But if you're not, if your pastor is not, then what you need to start doing is praying for your, specifically for your pastor. Start offering up your prayer time. And if you are somebody that goes to Eucharistic adoration and a very faithful person, just start offering it up. And not in a bad way, not in a negative way, not yeah. in a... Um, uh, over pious way in a way I'm, I'm suggesting like offering up Lord this is one of the stumbling blocks that we might need to pray for here Lord I just want to offer up this priest's heart all our priests all our pastors got into the vocation for a reason they spent seven or eight years discerning this it's not like they don't have a call to it necessarily it's 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 that they might have lost the call or they might have been like through years of just being beaten down by society you know slowly stop start to lose their way and that's that's everything i mean any we we're talking about marriages and dating and stuff uh, a couple weeks ago i mean the same kind of thing valentine's day comes around oh i got to buy flowers you know that kind of same idea that kind of comes around like priests sometimes need that kick in the butt too with their vocation like they they need to revive they need that so you praying and interceding for your pastor that's one the next part is sometimes we get trapped in the hole of what exactly we're supposed to be doing. And one of the biggest administrative problems, especially for, I know that for, for any business owner, and, and priests fall into this category a lot, because not only are they the pastors, but they're also the business administrators for mm-hmm. the building and the parish that they're running a lot of times, you know? And so, is that they're trying to run a business even though it's not supposed to be the main for- focus. So mm-hmm. they got to keep the lights on. They've got to do that. And, and if they're not raising enough money, then then it's really hard when you can't pay the bills. I mean, even as a parent, as a family, as a father of my own home, if I can't pay the bills, that's the stress that's hanging over me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not then focusing on my family life and how I can bring my kids out to McDonald's or to go for a hike with my kids. I'm figuring out how do I work more so I can get keep the lights on in my house. You know what I mean? So so then they're starting to focus on fundraising opportunities and, and it's, it's it's less about then parish building and social community it's it's more about we got to put $25 on each ticket so that we can get the funds that we have not realizing that they might be ostracizing yeah. families or you know like you can build society you can build the community you can do all that um, but it's really hard when you have a price tag hanging over your head, yeah. debts and everything else. Yeah. You, can, you can lose sight of the spiritual dynamic when you become so focused on the kind of practical and mm. functional dynamic of the, the church. Um, and if I'm understanding your question correctly, um, it's like uh, what, what things bring people to or into a church community if not kind of the spiritual or what, 
um, and I can I can speak for kind of my own background before I became Catholic. Um, that and, and and I certainly don't want to say that this is the case of every kind of uh, church in this in this denomination. Uh, but I was really involved with Dutch Reformed churches. So yeah. um, it's a Protestant denomination, and there were kind of three three kind of. Uh, not sects, but three kind of divisions of that. Um, but in for a lot of people, um, you know, the the primary um, kind of draw to that community, um, you know, for a lot of people, it was the church. For a lot of people, it was culture. It was ethnic identity. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, just kind of as an aside, um, a lot of my attraction to Catholicism was the universality because I had, I had difficulty with ethnocentric faith communities. I had difficulty that, um, you know, <laughs> church was kind of the, the third degree um, modifier and, you know, it was primarily Dutch. And yeah. then, you know, um, you know if, you, if you pass that hurdle, then, you know, it's reformed. So, you know, you're, you're kind of Calvinist and then, okay. So, um, you know, you've met the cultural, you've met the ethic, uh, ethnic. Um, and now you're of, allowed to belong. Yeah, adjectives. Yeah. And okay, now, now, you're, now, you're, now you're part of it. And again, I, I don't want to say that this was um, the case with some, some of those communities, not all. Yeah. Um, but again, that, that, that it was uh, people went there for a sense of cultural identity. Um, and again, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's the primary identity of the church, again, if, if you're really focused on um, kind of this, this sense of belonging to a nationality or belonging to, um, you know, this, this cultural or social group, um, you know, ch- the church aspect, the spiritual aspect, that dynamic can take a back seat. Yeah, so we've mentioned uh, the like pastors, the finances. We've uh, like things that take a sort of a back seat to our spirituality. I think oftentimes when I think of like when 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 parishes are functioning, people rely on you know. Have you heard of these programs like Divine Renovation or uh, Rebuilt or all yeah. these things that people kind of yeah, yeah. reach out to Those say different like, books? How can we re- how can we rebuild our mm-hmm. our parish community? I'm of the mindset that it's much simpler than maybe some of the things that are offered in some of these materials, mm-hmm. right? Like when when we look back at um, the tradition of the church. You know, like there's a, there's a, there has to be a reason. Okay, th- think about this. Why do people hang out at, ho- at arenas on Sunday? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. They're invested in their team. They 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 want something from it. They they think it's going somewhere. Well, if we're not investing people's hearts into their faith into mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, why would they? Why would they come? Yeah, like you said. Uh, we could probably get better food somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we could probably get better yeah. entertainment somewhere else. We could certainly get better, better coffee, coffee yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. But when a, a parish's main mission is to save souls, yeah, and if we're not working on saving souls, then what are we working for? Yeah, I think we lose a lot too. Uh, a lot of times we hear about these. Um, uh, Catholic come home kind of scenarios, but like we lose Catholics sometimes that have uh, that were cultural Catholics growing up, and then we lose them to them finding their faith in another denomination of Christianity because sometimes their denomination is more exciting, or sometimes their focus is on saving souls. And so what happens is they go to these denominations, and I'm going to be one of those people that say like that kind of was one of the things I was Catholic, I was raised in a good Catholic home and everything else, but it wasn't until I started going to a non-Catholic youth group that I really found my Catholic faith because it challenged my faith, and I 
really liked what they were doing. I felt presence of God in their worship and all that kind of stuff just during that. But then I realized, oh, we have that, but we have so much more. So it brought me back to my faith afterwards because I went, oh, hey, this is really good. But then it brought me back to my faith to say, oh, we can do praise and worship, but we also got the Eucharist. Like we got something even more so tangible, you know? Um, and so, but it is a lot of times that this, it, it, I'm going to say it's, it's the pizza pop and chips. They had the lights, the music, the fog. They had that kind of stuff that kind of drew me in yeah. and then eventually uh, brought me back when I started looking for truth, truth. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think maybe that's somewhere where, you know, I always picture like when someone's struggling, mm-hmm. you, when, when, like think about as a, as a, as a, as a fam- family in your family yeah. or at work or whatever, when things aren't going well or yeah. you're struggling, sometimes we get desperate. Eh? Yeah. Like sometimes we're like, Oh, what can I do next? We just do the next thing that we think. Yeah. And it's like, I, I feel like sometimes parishes are spinning wheels. Are like, yeah. yeah. Homes of desperation where we're just, we don't know what to do next. And, you know, maybe pastors are spinning their wheels or, or communities are saying that, you know, how come there's no young people here? How come there's no this here? How come there's no that here and whatever. But I, I think the remedy or the yeah. solution is so much more simple than our desperate acts of, you know, like, let's turn back to the Lord. Let's yeah. focus so, our, like, the one thing we do in this building. <laughs> like, yeah. if you were to yeah. ask, okay, like, any corporation, like, yeah. if you were to say, what's your like, mission? McDonald's, what's yeah. your mission? You know, they would say, like, we're, we're trying to sell food. We're trying yeah. to sell burgers. <laughs> yeah. Like, we will do anything we can to sell burgers. Like, we will make them look appetizing. We will buy ads at the Super Bowl. We will do whatever we will We will grow have. our own meat. We grow, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll do everything to sell our product yeah. and uh, and make money for our company. Well, it's like, okay, well, when you <laughs> each parish should have the same sort of mission. Like, if we're trying to save souls, then we are doing everything. Everything we can to save souls. We're doing everything we can to preach the gospel. We're doing everything we can to share the good news. We're doing everything we can to bring people to Christ, to baptize people, to do all those things. That means, you know, as a parish community, we got to be on board with that with that mission. Mm -hmm. Like people have to be invested in that mission, but they're not going to be invested in the mission unless they're invested themselves first. Right? So other people in your parish community can help you bring others to be baptized, bring others uh, to receive the other sacraments, to learn about Jesus, to do all those things, to reach out to the poor, to reach out to the sick, uh, to, to, to comfort those who need comforting. Like it's, a, it's like, here's our mission. Come on board yeah. with us. Almost, almost like stop being so inward focused, but not, you want to be inward focused in the sense that you want to give food to those individuals for salvation, but it's not about keeping your doors open. The, the, the inward focus is how do we bring them closer to Christ? But then you should be outward focused as in now go and share. You know what I mean? If those are our goals, like come to be fed so that we can go out and, and again, your goal is evangelization. Your goal is going out there. So if our main goal is, yeah. is worship, yeah. if our main goal is saving souls, like Sunday Mass is the place where heaven meets earth. Yes. Right? And... One of the biggest criticisms you get from people who come to Sunday Mass is that it's boring, right? Um, Sometimes I would agree with them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But more so than boring, I would say the worst thing other than boring would be that the Sunday Mass is not presented in a respectful way. 
Yeah. That would be my number one uh, criticism. And because I've been, you know, when I travel or bring, you know, young people on trips or whatever, we, we all go to, we go to different churches across everywhere. And, you know, you attend, you attend masses where, um, you know, the the readings, <laughs> the readings, like the microphone's not working, so you can't even hear the readings. Yeah. The music is like terrible. <laughs> um, like all those things contribute to, to worship, a, to an experience of worship. Yeah. Um, the priest gives a very short homily that's not really connecting or the something readings, like that. Yeah. And then my worst thing that I really am disappointed every time is speeding through the Eucharistic prayer. Mm. Yeah. Like, here it is. Here's the number one thing that we believe. It's Jesus Christ present in the Eucharist, and we're going to speed through it. We're, it we're, by, by me speeding through it, what I'm doing is I'm telling everyone who's gathered here today that this is not important. Yeah. And, and I'm telling everyone who's giving of their time here uh, to be here today that I'm just trying to speed through this, like this most important part of our faith. So if if the presider of the liturgy is speeding through the Eucharist, if the person proclaiming the word is not doing so right, if the person trying to engage active participation in the liturgy by providing music, if all these people don't care, then why would I care to be here? Why would I, you know, why yeah. would I come to the arena if they're treating if it I, as something to get through? Um, exactly. You know, so everybody can go have coffee downstairs. Exactly, yeah. and and so many times, and you know, okay, I'm not, <laughs> you know, so people people will criticize me for being too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, but I, I I think being, I think when we rush through things, we're we're saying much more mm-hmm. than just wanting to be done in 40 minutes. We're, we're saying much more. We're communicating a message to someone like why bother being here? If I don't care, why would you why should you? Yeah. We realize that 90% of communication, right, comes from body language. 90% yeah. of com- communication is not the words that you say. So you can stand at the front and say these words, but if your eyes are rolling or if you're like oh, in the, in your voice you're sighing, if you're it like all that contributes to how people perceive what's going on. And if you are a priest having a hard time getting through the Eucharist, yeah. Or like you said, music is not, it's just like, okay, this is something like, okay, flip the switch, let's do this again, you know what I mean? We have to realize that this is about feeding. Like, uh, the Mass is our food, our spiritual food that's going on right there. And if if the Mass, I mean, if the spiritual food was a bland pancake, uh, I mean, if, you're, if, you're, if your food, when you come to a feast, it's just a pancake that they're serving you that's like with no syrup, no butter, no nothing. Like, Here's the plain thing. Um, if that's all you're getting, yeah, you're not going to be so excited about it. But if this if this is like a meal, and even if you don't really understand the meal, but it starts to come alive as someone is explaining it to you, and you start to learn the process of, oh, do you know how long it takes to make this tar- certain kind of beef and what they pro-? Like when you start to, you know, oh, I really like this. Okay, I'm really going to, you start to enjoy this a little bit more. You start to understand the feast. You start to, oh, and now this 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 meal this now in our in this case a spiritual feast um, really comes alive and we are able to really understand and fully focus and participate in it so like when I'm doing music one of the things I mean I, it's kind of cool because me and my boys I'm taking my boys and we're doing um, putting together a little worship team and we're, and we're practicing one of the things that we were practicing is actually how to worship and how to pray and specifically it's during the mass so that like none of the focus should ever be on the worship team we've talked about this in music episodes before but um that definitely so i was like we were actually praying 
praising, uh, sorry, uh, we, were, we were practicing how to play your instruments, whether you're playing the bass, how you play the drums, how you play the, um, your, your harmonies when you're singing. How do you do this so that you do not draw focus off the main thing, which is the Eucharist? So when you're singing during the homily, uh, sorry, during the communion time, that everyone can worship together and enter in. You know what I mean? Like, if that's the focus, then you can have an amazing choir, an amazing worship team. If that's your focus as a priest from the front, your preaching and everything else will come alive with that. And if that's how you're, you're, you're standing there and you're lecturing, or even if you're an usher, if you're ushering and you're welcoming mm-hmm. people at the door and you're mm-hmm. saying, hey, but you're welcoming them to the feast because you know what's going on, like that comes through in our, in our body language, in our, in our everything. But I think what you're saying too is also that like that should be our focus. So if that is our focus, everything else starts to fall into place. Yeah, I, I you know I've said this to our liturgy committee many, 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 many times. It's like you know so, sometimes people show up and, and give the church one more chance. Mm-hmm. You know sometimes some a struggle in their life is happening, so they come to the church. Uh, I'm talking about people who don't regularly come. You know uh, sometimes something's happening in their life, like a death or a struggle or a tragedy or or something. Maybe they've had an experience with Christ, and, and, and they just show up on our doors. You know, we have one chance to help that person experience the Lord that day. And it starts in every aspect of our community, yeah. right? So right from the door, yeah. right from the door, you know, that person should be welcomed and felt and made to feel, like, wanted here. Uh, you know, that you're part they, of the community. never been here before, to be yeah. maybe helped to their seat. Uh, welcomed by the presider, uh, everything should be laid out so that it's easy to follow, easy to understand, easy to engage. In, we use the projector you know, for that. Uh, one know. of the things I love about our churches uh, that we have in our church community is we have the projector at the front. So the church, the projector actually serves a couple different purposes. One of the biggest tr- reasons is because everyone now is looking up and looking at the same words to sing with. And this allows then the church community to enter into song together. But the one big thing that it also does is we can display all the responses to the Mass. Yeah. So if you're brand new coming into a mass we even put the our father up here and i heard somebody talk about one time and he said he's like why are you putting up the our father there and then he realized oh i i don't need to read it like i can just close my eyes and say the our father and just focus on the prayer i don't need it but for the people that are entering in and they don't might not know the our father that's right they have it right there all the responses are on the board and it means that it takes somebody to actually flip through the slides on the correct thing and sometimes it can be distraction especially when the technology is not working but for the most part it makes those people feel belong, like they belong, feel like they're loved, feel like they're welcome, that they know what's going on here, they can feel comfortable in their seat. It contributes to people wanting to encounter Jesus. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. I, I wanted to, to come back to what you were saying about before. Like, you, ha- you have these programs, and you have that, like, something like Divine Re- Renovation, or just like, um, and you have kind of the positive side of kind of the, the corporate approach to uh, to church, that it's like, um, you know, if, if, if you're clear about your mission that like a corporation yeah. should be, there's also kind of a drawback of kind of the corporatization of, of church that it's yeah. like that y- you can, um, y- you're absolutely right that, you know, um, good music, well done, liturgy, yeah. well done, um, you know, all of these pieces working together should bring your attention to the fact that th- the mass is, you know, heaven encountering earth. Like yeah. this, th- this, it, if those things bring, um, um, your attention to that fact, they're well done. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we, we have the negative experience or like we realize that, you know, <laughs> uh, when we encounter bad music and bad liturgy and bad, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. bad homilies, it's like, okay, this, there's, there's something different here. Um, but, um, I think we can get into a trap sometimes of just like looking at this as branding. 
looking yes. at this as, you know, um, yeah. you know, we're just rebranding our church because we want to be well, and we want to like, um, you know, have all the, 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 the proper pieces in place to, you know, um, you know, have that, have that well done. But I think, I think you're right that, you know, the, the formula is simpler. The formula is, again, we, we should give our time and attention to these things insofar as we're capable. Um, but again, like going back to what the church is historically, what the church was in the beginning and, you know, uh, reference kind of like the Acts 2 church that the, like the believers were together, had everything in common and gave to each as they have a need um, that you have, you know, your liturgy and your music really, really, um, opening that yeah, yeah. that kind of that that spiritual vertical um, kind of axis, but I, again, you know, like um, uh, a lot of the the debates and the the issues in in, in talking about these things is like um, people want to emphasize either the vertical um, or, yeah. over or like to the exclusion of the horizontal, exactly, or yeah. vice versa. Yeah, you know, yes. you can have that Your people like it's yeah. just community, and you know, it's really focused on social justice and all of these things. It's like, but when people ask Jesus, you know, what what is the greatest commandment? Is it like? It's yeah. two, love God, which is your vertical <laughs> access, and love your neighbor. Which yeah, is I love that. So again, you have, you know, the, the church has this ministerial function of, you know, of, you know, doing the mass and doing it well and actually, um, you know, drawing people into this experience of heaven on earth. Um, and, but again, we don't do that privately. We do yeah. that as a community. Um, and more than that, we, we draw people into that community by meeting their needs, by feeding the poor, by, yeah. you know, um, having evangelization programs and, you know, all of these other things. That's a really beautiful thing about the church community is because, uh, like it's, it's one of the few places where you gather almost every age of person. Like mm. you have seniors there you have uh, adults young adults teenagers children babies all in the same room uh, coming to uh, experience this time of worship but then this time of community and i love when you see like the the different generations interact mm -hmm. so now the seniors in the in the parish community they're invested in those little babies that are being yeah, baptized yeah. Uh, like uh, the adults are uh, you know uh, can we help with that teenage ministry or yeah, the children's yeah. ministry or the kids they get to know different adults and different seniors yeah. and and so they're interacting within the community it's really a beautiful place when yeah. done right yeah. uh, you know worshiping together and socializing together it's a really beautiful opportunity that we have to see like god's family yeah. come alive like just like you and your own family you know would socialize with one another the kids and the and the adults and everyone's in, in, intermingling that happens at uh, at the parish too i think it's a really it's a good opportunity that I think some parishes miss out on is uh, when we strictly have like just senior things and just youth things. Yeah, it's like there's, that's important to come together. Everyone's to come together, and I think there's a special role mm -hmm. that uh, seniors who have been in a parish for a long time, I think there's a special role that they play, like as leaders, as as sort of the senior people who have been in that community. Uh, not only to be able to tell the story of, of the parish community, but kind of like as the elders of the community, yeah. to be able to go out of their way to make other people feel welcome. Yeah. Because the tendency, I think, is to like, you know, we've never done it this way, right? We've, yeah. we've yeah. never done it this way. This is how we've done it here. And this whatever. And, Shut and everything down. Nothing's going to change. Right. And you see that a lot when uh, when when people are insecure yeah. uh, about where things are going, but 
when what I see anyways is is when people are embracing yeah um new families mm-hmm. and, and and by embrace I mean sharing the history of the parish but also sharing like here's what we do together we we worship God first yeah. and you are now part like like almost like the elders welcoming them into yep, the gotcha. parish you, you know what I mean yeah, yeah yeah like there's a special bond that happens there yeah. that I think is is really is really something special that happens I think only in a church community. I, I think one of the things too to point out, if people are wondering how do I get this started in my parish community, how do I kind of do this? One of the things that we do in our parish, and I'm not saying that our parish is the greatest or anything else, but one of the things that I, I when I saw uh, that w- some changes that were made that really helped our community start to blossom this way were three things. Um, a lot of times we have what's called the parish council in a church. And one of the things that you did when you first moved in is you, you took the parish council and you separated it into what I'm going to call three different ministries uh, that seem to serve all the same purpose in a parish council, but don't. They actually have very specific jobs. You took the financial committee <laughs> and you made it a financial committee. So the parish council wasn't the financial committee. It was the, fi- the finance committee became the finance committee. So you had guys that were good with numbers, dealing with the number thing and, and making good business administration decisions. They're on a team. And so you had a different meeting for them specifically. You also then took away and you made a liturgical committee. And that was so that we can focus on the up and down um, relationship of our community. So making sure that we're putting God first and making sure that we're being respectful in the youth and that our liturgy services as well as everything that comes around with liturgy um, um, is focused correctly, but also being done correctly. So that our, all of our uh, choir directors are there, are the people that are in charge of lectors and ushers and stuff. They're all part of this community, this meeting that we have. And we only have it every couple, what, three months or something of that we have this meeting. And then the other thing was that we then took it into a pastoral council. We don't have a parish council, we have a pastoral council. And that just that name change changes it so that we're focused now on pastoring the, the people, and uh, that kind of takes it, and that's where we kind of get that horizontal movement, and so every, like, liturgical committee <laughs> and pastoral committee, and then the finance community allows this all to happen, right, mm-hmm. is, is really, and so that pastoral committee, though, is that's where we have outreaches to the poor, we have outreaches to the seniors, we have outreaches to the youth, we have outreaches to the family, we have outreaches to the school communities, we have outreaches to the sick, um, and that, like, that's, that's where we have these communities, and we have people specifically involved in each and every one of those things, so that they can, I mean, sorry, people in charge of those areas so that they can kind of focus and they can pray about it and they can bring those ideas mm-hmm. forward. It's not that, like, if, if I'm in charge of seniors, I'm not necessarily doing everything seniors, but, I, but I've got a, a, an idea of how we can introduce more senior events into this committee or how we can encourage seniors to participate in the church. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, so, and, and again, the whole pastoral community has a say in it, but you have individuals that are in charge of each one that they can do a little bit, like, it's your job to kind of do a little more research here or do a little bit more praying or, or feel it out. And so you have very specific people. So that's, that's one of the ways that in our parish we have the pastoral committee that kind of helps focus this mm-hmm. as well. But, but again, every one of those things. So like from the pastoral committee, we had um, the Corpus Christi celebration come out. And it was one of the, like, how can we bring the, our, what can we do to bring uh, a special place of the Eucharist and, and the Corpus Christi procession. Well, why don't we try to start a, a Corpus Christi? Let's try it. Oh, sure. And so there's pastoral committee that kind of gets on board. Liturgical committee kind of gets involved because that's the up and down part. And so we start, okay, we need altar servers. We need this. We need that. We need, you know, and we all kind of get involved. Um, but it's a way that our parish started to take that up and down, at, like the vertical and the horizontal movement. It just started slowly. When that was our focus, everything seemed to come into place. It's true. I think if I were to maybe share yeah. something, it would be that. Uh, that's been kind of my modus operandi, as I guess as a pastor, 
would be number one, uh, our number one focus is God. Yeah. Like everything we do in, in our building either points towards or flows from our worship mm-hmm. uh, of God. Right? You got to invest in that. That's number mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, number two, we are, I like, you know, I, I believe we're one big family. We're one big parish family. And so like a family, we have to spend time together. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. we have events that build up our community. And number three, I would say, is uh, we have to identify gifts in people. Yeah. Cool. And once we identify their gifts, once we say, hey, Matt's really good at this, let's you know, put yeah. him in charge of RCIA, then all of a sudden... Uh, our RCIA program explodes. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Josh is really good at this. Let's put him in charge. You know, like you have to identify gifts and put the right people. Sometimes we have, <laughs> sometimes we just have warm bodies in places. Yeah, that doesn't work. And it's just because and it's nice it, to have volunteers because they're willing to stand there and and yeah. and, and 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 have their name next to the check mark. But it makes a big difference to yeah. to identify a gift. And and Charism. the, the yeah. entire ministry changes, yeah. right? So those are the three sure. things I would say. Number one is God. Number two, we got to hang out with our family. Uh, and number three, uh, we have to identify gifts and, and put people in the right place. Um, yeah, there's so much <laughs> more we could say here, uh, but and, and, and there, I would like to say too that there's so much potential in every parish. Oh yeah, so much potential in every parish. Mm. We have to remember the Holy Spirit guides us, eh? And uh, we just got to respond to the movement of the Holy Spirit. So maybe uh, if you're listening today, you can uh, drop a line uh, about what you like about your parish, uh, maybe what's working, uh, what you appreciate, uh, or you can comment what's not working <laughs> if you want to as well. You could drop that on our social media, or you can send us an email at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com. That's all the time we have today. So for Josh Sullivan... And Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Tignelli. We'll see you next time on the Catholic Buzz.